The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman. Dr. Bill is a TV host, New York Times bestselling author, two-time Guinness World Book record holder, fitness guru, celebrity cosmetic dentist, and philanthropist who founded the Leap Foundation. Here's Dr. Bill. Hey, good morning, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you're watching this. So why do we even do these Meet the Mentors? Well, this year, LEAP will be July 16th to the 22nd at the beautiful UCLA campus. We are going to have a plethora of amazing speakers come and teach you the skills that you need to be successful in life. And we started these Meet the Mentor interviews because we thought, you know, it's not enough just to reach out and be with these students once a year. Throughout the year, we had a lot of great content that we wanted to continue to deliver. So we go out and we find some amazing speakers to come and speak with us on these weekly Meet the Mentors. And today we have somebody phenomenal who's going to teach you the skills that you need if you want to become an entrepreneur or a serial entrepreneur like he was. Um, this is Brian Will. He's a serial entrepreneur and an industry-leading business and sales management consultant. During the course of his career, Brian has created or co-created seven very successful companies in four different industries. These companies were worth over half a billion dollars at their peak. He has also done multiple turnaround projects for companies from startups to Fortune 500s and helped those organizations drive billions of dollars in sales. Today, Brian owns a growing chain of restaurants in the Atlanta area, as well as an insurance and technology company based in Denver and a residential commercial real estate business in Georgia and Florida. He also serves on city councils in his hometown. So you are a serial entrepreneur. What was the very first business that you ever started? You know, my first business, Dr. Bill, was landscaping, and I did that because I didn't really know what else to do. I was... I always wanted to be in business. It's what I wanted to do, but I didn't really have any education. I was 20 years old. I hadn't gone to college and that seemed like something easy. So I jumped into the landscaping industry and built that to seven franchises over about the next eight years. Wow. So tell me what you felt were the most important lessons that you garnered from the landscaping business. I would tell you that the most important lessons were from the failure at the end of that eight years. And it's the things that I learned that I was able to apply to all the future businesses that that failure helped me uh, learn. Like number one, if you're in business, make sure that you have a lot of customers and that 80% of your customer base isn't sitting with one client. And that's what I had. So while I thought I had a business, I was really just a contractor for one, one company. And when that company decided not to use me anymore, my entire business collapsed around me. So that was a big lesson right out of the gate. And number two, I didn't have any money backed up, cash savings, security net. Uh, I didn't have anything set aside. I was living on every dollar I had and I was living this big life, I thought. And when that company crashed, we got into trouble because we didn't have any backups and reserves and we couldn't afford to keep going. So my entire world collapsed around me when I was 29. So those are two great messages. The first one to reiterate is diversify. Yep. You need to, when you start a business, and you know, that's a really, really great point. In fact, you know, I, I always tell Dennis, you know, when I first started up my practice, I went out to like 
15 different things. I, I went to 1-800-DENTIST and got referrals from them. I joined the city council. I got referrals from them. I joined business and networking groups. I got referrals from them. I joined other organizations. And so it wasn't like all of my patients were just coming from one place. And the second thing is, yeah, you know, don't live large. You know, I mean, we see it time and time again, especially with these young athletes who go out and, you know, you never know how long your career is going to last as an athlete, but they'll be making millions and millions of dollars. And then, you know, some poor injury happens and boom, now no more gravy train and they've got nothing saved. So those are two really great points. And it doesn't have to be something that you did wrong in our case. The company we were working for hired a new VP of construction, and he decided to bring his son in to do the landscaping. So it's not that we did a bad job. We didn't have any say-so in this. We just got replaced because somebody else wanted to replace us. All right. So that was business number one. Business number two. What was it? Business number two, I got into the insurance business selling health insurance uh, because I didn't know what else to do. I needed health insurance. A guy came to my house, sold me health insurance, said, you should come do this. And I initially said no. And six months go by and he keeps showing me these bigger and bigger checks he's making in commissions. And so finally I said, okay, I'm landscaping by day. I'll go sell insurance at night. So I started doing that. And lo and behold, I found out that I was a good salesperson. And so six weeks into selling insurance, I literally stopped my landscaping company, walked away and became a full-time insurance agent. And six weeks after that, I decided I didn't want to work for anybody else and so I started my own insurance agency. And then we developed this direct-to-consumer sales model, which wasn't being done in the health insurance space. The internet boom popped up. Everybody wanted to sell stuff online. And we got acquired by a venture capital company a year and a half later. So it's just timing uh, that caused it to happen. So that was my first foray into venture capital. All right. And what would you say was the greatest lesson that you learned from that insurance business? So I will tell you that success in business, life, personally, companies that you look at, success is a progression of ideas, thoughts, and execution, right? When I started out, I started out selling insurance door to door, but quickly thought I'm wasting a lot of time. So I hired somebody to go door to door for me. And then I hired somebody to do the paperwork for me. And then I hired somebody to answer the phones so that all I would have to do was sit on the phone and sell and had all these other people doing stuff. And what we developed was this virtual sales model that was then acquired by a dot-com company. It wasn't because I started out thinking I'm going to get acquired. I didn't start out thinking I'm going to build this thing that had never been done. I just kept progressing in my ideas and trying to get better and better and better and better at what I do. And then it just happened. And every company I've done has been this progression. I always like to joke that Apple started out selling motherboards and then they went to little iPods and now they're iPhones. IBM right. started out making typewriters, right? So it's a progression that is going to make you successful in life. But you know what? You hit on something, and I, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. You cannot be successful in life, in business, if you don't know how to sell. And, and, and I'm talking about, you know, let's say you're a screenwriter. Okay, you write this great screenplay. If you can't sit in a room and sell that to somebody to buy, you lose. You know, you're an actor, an actress. If you can't walk into a room and give an interview or do an audition that sells you, you lose. No matter what business insurance, it's all sales. 
I mean, you have to learn sales. I don't care what you want to do. If you want to be successful in business, you need to learn sales. So my question to you, Brian, how'd you learn sales? Was it the landscaping business or was there some precursor before that? You know, I think there are two types of salespeople. There are people with a natural sales ability and then there are people who learn. And I will tell you that if you go look at my bookshelf in my living room, there are about 250 books in there about self-improvement, business skills. And I just absorbed that information and through the landscaping business and selling stuff and then through just learning what I learned out of books, um, I learned how to, to think and grow rich and, and the magic of believing and how to you know, power influence with people and all these different books, just it got in there. If you want to learn sales, by the way, sale every single company in the world sells something because if they don't, they go out of business, right? right? Every single company in the world sells something. And if you're a good salesperson, you'll never be without a job because everybody will want to hire you. We, we can get into that, but businesses are run on sales and then numbers. Those are my two magic things. And in creating a successful business. Absolutely. So you listed a few, but why don't you give us maybe like your top five books that you would recommend for students to read if they really want to learn about sales? I mean, I'm right on page with you, you know, Think and Grow Rich. Well, that, mm -hmm. that's my favorite. I mean, I, I, I read that every few years just because it refreshes my memory. But give me like four others that you think are really integral to learning how to sell. So I'll give you my top three and then we'll move to four. So my top three are going to be the E-Myth. If you're launching a business, you need to read the E-Myth. I've got a bunch of those copies on my shelf. I give them out to people. And it's all about who you are in the business and how businesses run. The second one is going to be uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because he talks a lot in that book about whether you're self-employed or a business owner. And I teach a lot of that in my book. So Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And the third one is going to be Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. And Blink is really about how your brain works and how you think. And again, I talk a lot about this. And it's how you accept or reject information, which will make you successful or not in business. So those are my big three. Think and Grow Rich is going to be in there. And then The Magic of, uh, the magic of Believing is another one of my big ones. So Because you, you got to believe in yourself. So if, if I'm a student listening to this and I really want to learn how to sell, I mean, I can start off by reading these books. But what else would you recommend? I would recommend some kind of speaking course. If you're in college or high school and they've got a speaking kind of uh, course you can take, uh, those things are invaluable to put you up in front of people to get over that initial fear a lot of people have uh, of speaking. So if you have any opportunities to do that, you need to go do it as much as possible. Just and, you'll get better and better as you do it. And the other thing I would recommend, go get a sales job. I mean, it's true too. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, and you learn such simple little things. For instance, McDonald's. I don't know. I read this statistic once and maybe it's it's true. Maybe it's not. But 10% of all people in the U.S. have worked at McDonald's <laughs> at one point in their life. But, you know, it's as easy as when you work at McDonald's, they teach you when somebody comes in and orders a burger, the first thing you ask them is, would you like fries and Coke? Why? A burger is a lost leader for them. They barely make anything on a burger, right? But Coke is all profit. You know, yep. let's say you pay a buck 50 for a Coke. Their cost on that Coke is what? Three Ten cents, cents, right? Ten cents. Yeah. You know, and then fries, same deal. You know, whatever you pay, how much are fries at McDonald's? I've never even bought them. I don't know. I always get a meal. 
All right. <laughs> oh, you get the happy <laughs> meal with the little fries. But you know, I mean, same thing. Let's say fries are 250, you know, their cost of goods on those fries, maybe 10 cents. So, you know, these little things, you know, go to a movie. You know, movies don't make money on the movies. They make money on popcorn, soda, and all the oh, yeah. crap that you buy. Yep, absolutely. The state fair, the same thing. Any sports arena you go to, same thing. Concerts, same thing. They make so much money in concessions. It's crazy. Ozzy Osbourne has been my patient forever. And I can say that without um, breaching any kind of HIPAA thing, because I've been on his show and all that stuff. And um, he has, I don't know how many gold albums. I'm like, wow, Ozzy, you really had a successful you know, career in the music. He goes, Doc, it's not the music. It's the T-shirts. I'm like, what? Because <laughs> they got, back then, 100% on all of the paraphernalia that they sold. They made just a little bit on the music, but it was T-shirts that made Ozzy rich. We call this the business inside the business. So in the restaurant business, it's the pool tables, it's the, the music box on the wall, it's the video games, it's the gumball machine at the front door. You'd be surprised how much money you make in gumballs when you walk in those restaurants, the little kids are throwing money in those things. That's all the business inside the business that people don't see. Yeah, smart, smart. Okay, so business number three, what was it? So from there, I sold that company, got through my non-compete and started another online insurance agency. But at the same time, we launched an online lead generation company because you know you need leads to sell. And so, and the internet's cranking at the time. So we started doing online advertising and the online company grew, it blew up, like it blew up really, really quickly. And within two and a half years, we sold that to a private equity firm out of Chicago for, you know, mid nine figures. Uh, wow. That was the big one. And then we turned around a year later and then sold the next uh, insurance agency to another venture capital firm out of Silicon Valley. Wow. Uh, and those companies, all the three companies I've sold are bigger today than they were when I, when I sold them. So. That's pretty amazing. So it, it, again, if I'm a student sitting here watching this and I'd like to be a serial <laughs> entrepreneur, give me some basic information that you think is really critical to my success. Yep. I call this the five keys of success. I just did an article in Forbes magazine on these five keys and, I, and, and none of these are technical in nature. These are all soft skills. They're all mental, right? The first thing you need to do if you're going to start a business is you need, and if you were working with me, the first question I would ask you is, why do you want to do this? And it can't be superficial because business is hard. A lot of times you don't make money for a while. There are things that are going to come at you. So you need to tell me why you want to do this. And that why has to be really, really strong so that you will be willing to overcome the challenges that are coming your way when they come. Because if your why is not strong enough, you'll quit and you won't make it. So why are you doing this is critical to what you're doing. The second one is you need to understand if you're just starting your first business that you probably don't know what you're doing. Okay. And so what you need to do is find somebody who does know what they're doing, who can come in and help you. We call this hiring a coach or a mentor, somebody that's built a business that can say, you know, Dr. Bill, that's not going to work. This is the way you ought to do it. Do it this way. I've already been there and done that. I can tell you how to, to amplify uh, your business so that it will grow much faster. So get somebody to help you uh, build that business. The I want to add. I want to add a point there too. Is you don't necessarily need to hire somebody. You can partner with somebody as well. For absolutely. Instance, when I started Discus Dental, 
I knew dentistry. I brought in two business partners. They were both geniuses. The first one was an MBA, new marketing, new retail, knew how to make build products. The second one was all finance. This guy was a financial genius at a Northwestern. So the three of us were partners. So I didn't actually have to hire somebody, but I actually started a business and we had three major shareholders in the business. And that combination ended up in retrospect being kind of a golden key to success for me. I'll tell you, in fact, that's, that's actually point number four, and it's who are you in the business, right? And this comes straight out of the e-myth. So you were the technician, you were the guy that was doing the dentistry. You find out what you're good at, that's what you focus on, and you backfill the other areas where you're not good, whether right. it's finance or marketing or sales, and that's how you put an organization together that can grow and thrive. That's actually point four of the things right. I tell people. All right. Well, we skipped three. What was three? Three was why should anybody buy your product and why should they buy it from you? And that's key because if you're selling a product or you're opening a service business and you're just like everybody else and there's no reason for them to come to you, if they can go anywhere, then they will go anywhere and you're going to struggle to scale your business. So you why are, you? You are 100% right. And I'm going to tell you something that I take a lot of pride in. When we had Discus Dental and we were in the, in, in the dental industry, we didn't launch products. We launched what we call category killers. We would make our products so much better than anybody else's on the market that those other companies basically went away. Like we put yep. them out of business. I mean, I've had people come to me and say, hey, help me grow my business. And, I, and I've asked the question, why should I buy your product and why you? And they, they give me these, these soft answers that don't mean anything. And I'm like, you need to go figure that out. And when you figure that out, you got something. Yeah. And the very last one, number five, and this is, I said this a minute ago, there's two things that are going to be critical in your business. One is being able to sell and one is knowing your numbers, knowing your numbers, your profit and loss statements. What are your costs? What are your expenses? What are your revenues? Where are they coming from? Knowing all those numbers and how they fit together. And we call core metrics, which is revenue is a core metric. How does it track over time? Your expense light items, how do they track over time? And if you can manage that or understand it, or even if you don't understand it, if you can have enough understanding of the numbers that your finance person can come in and do all that and explain it to you, then you're good. But you'd be surprised how many business people don't know anything about their profit and loss statements. They don't know anything about their numbers. They're just, they're shooting in the dark, man. And it's why they can't grow. Brian, you are a hundred percent right. You know, I mean, I, I had this conversation with my kids when they were little, um, just to teach them that point. And I said, you know, if you had a dental practice that was making a million dollars a year and you had another dental practice that was making $2 million a year, which one would you rather have? And of course, oh, no. my kids say, oh, I'll take the one with $2 million. I go, okay, but the one that's making $2 million a year has almost... $1.8 million in expenses. Whereas the one that's only making a million dollars a year only has $200,000 in expenses. So which one would you rather have now? Right. But 100% right. If you're just looking at top line stuff and you don't really get into the weeds and see where you are or aren't making money, it doesn't really matter how much money you bring in. What matters is how much you can put in your pocket. You're exactly right. I talk to people about marketing. They say, well, like, how much should I spend in marketing? 
but depends on what the return on your marketing dollars is. If you spend a dollar and you get five back, I'd spend a billion, right? If you're spending a dollar and you get a dollar back, that's not doing you any good. So these are basic principles that young entrepreneurs struggle with. A hundred percent. So give me your top five tips for young entrepreneurs that really want to start off a business besides the one that you just did that, you know, I know you covered them in your book as well. Yeah. And again, I, I'm, this is one I talk all the time. I had a conversation with a business owner here in my hometown today, and she said, I'm struggling to, to build my business. I said, you need to bring in a coach. You need to bring in somebody who knows. And she goes, I'm not hiring a coach. I know what I'm doing. Okay. Well, you just told me that you're not, you're not growing. So clearly you need to bring somebody in who knows how to do this. So my number one tip, find somebody to help you, whether you bring in a partner or whether you hire somebody, somebody needs to come in and help you in the areas where you're weak. That, that's a big one. And what would you what would you say is that I mean at Leap we bring in mentors so students actually get to sit at a table and talk to mentors but how would you find a coach You have to and and I call it vetting your coach right Whoever you decide that you want to help you you need to make sure you look at their background their success what they've done It's not about being certified it's not about getting a certificate it's really about whether they've had the success in the area that you're trying to to work in that's what's key, right? Have they done it? Have they been there? Can they actually help you? That, 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 that it's vetting your it's vetting your coach and mentor, hundred percent. Okay, that's just huge. Uh, number two, make sure that the product that you want to sell is a product that the public wants, right? So I'm working with a, a studio up in Ohio. It's called a startup studio. And the first thing these these kids come out of Ohio State and they say, I got this great idea and I'm going to do so and so. Well, does the public want that? Because if the public doesn't want it, you're never going to be able to sell it. And if you can't sell it, you're not going to have a business. So right. make sure you do some analysis on whatever the product is. You know, if it's as simple as opening a pizza place, make sure there's not five pizza places within a half a mile. Do a little background research. Make sure your product is, is something the public wants and that you can actually sell. Uh, so get the coach, make sure your product is good. And then, I mean, honestly, those other five I gave you are everything you need to know if you want to get your business going. I mean, they're, they're, they're just the, that's the key. You know, I, I think that you have enumerated some really, really great and strong points. And I hope that students will take, you know, a really close listen to what you said behind you. Um, is your book. Why don't you give us a little insight as to what they're going to learn if they do, you know, download or read your book. So the Dropout Multi-Millionaire book, uh, I wrote it and it's not about technical skills. It's all about soft skills uh, and how to launch a business or how to grow and scale a business or how to grow and scale multiple businesses, right? And the very first chapter starts off with the mental part, right? Do you know how to process information successfully? The The, the example I always use is, do you know somebody who seems to excel at everything they do? And do you know somebody who seems to fail at everything they do? The only difference between those two people is the way they think. The only difference between me and you and Elon Musk is the way we think. So if your thinking isn't working correctly, you need to bring somebody else in to help you think better. If you're starting a business, you need to understand that you don't know how to think successfully about a business. So you need to bring in somebody who does know how to think successfully, right? So the mental thing is huge. And, I, and that, that goes all throughout the book. The rest of the book has a lot of stories about successes and failures. I talk a lot about Joe the plumber in the book, right? I, I say Joe, Joe, Joe the plumber, if he has a plumbing business, probably won't fail because he doesn't know how to be a plumber. 
will probably fail because he doesn't know how to run a business. Or doesn't know how to relate to people because personal relationships are the key to success in any business you go into. And this gets into, once again, maybe Joe the plumber needs to just do the plumbing and hire somebody else to run the company, somebody else to do the sales, somebody else to do the finance and let him go do what he's good at. Just because you start a business doesn't mean you should be the CEO. That's a big tip for people. True, true. You might need to bring somebody else in to be that face and let you go do what you're good at. So that, 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 that wraps the whole book up. It stores success and failure. It's a lot about the mental side, a lot about the things you shouldn't do. I even have a chapter in there where I try to talk you out of going into business. I do that intentionally because if I can talk you out of it, you probably shouldn't start in the first place. That's awesome. That's awesome. If I try to talk you out of it and you get mad at me, now I got somebody I can work with. See, Dave Dossiter was my partner that would do that with me all the time. And um, I loved him for it. It was really good. Hey, Brian, if uh, students want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Go to my website. It's www.brianwillmedia.com. Brianwillmedia.com. All right. Hey, Brian, that was really great and really great practical information. I thank you so much. And I hope uh, you can join us at LEAP this summer. Dr. Bill, it'd be awesome, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me today, too. All right. Hey, Dr. Bill, over and out. To learn more about the LEAP Foundation, go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash leapfoundation or on Instagram at leapfoundation. Listen to the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.